My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Kel Gerlings and Neil Vokey. It's true in lots of places. Housing is getting more and more expensive, and finding a place that is decent and affordable and where the landlord isn't awful is getting harder and harder. Yet as true as this is in communities from coast to coast, nowhere are tenants facing a tighter squeeze than in the cities of Toronto and, of particular relevance to this episode, Vancouver. Last spring, a broad cross-section of activists and organizers in Vancouver started talking about what they could do about this. They wanted to find ways to bridge the gap between the amazing organizing by low-income people happening in the city's downtown east side with grassroots efforts in the rest of the city. They wanted to find ways to help tenants fight back in their day-to-day struggles around repairs, discrimination, bedbugs, rent increases, evictions, and so on. And they wanted to find a way to build political power among tenants across Vancouver, political power that was strong enough that the city administration and the provincial government would have to stop ignoring them and begin taking action in the form of immediate reforms to make conditions more livable for tenants and in the form of long-term investments in social housing that would start to get at the roots of the housing crisis. After many conversations among those who first came together and with people involved in similar organizing in other cities across the continent, they decided that the best organizational model for their city would be a tenants' union. Kel Gerlings is an organizer with an anti-poverty group called Raise the Rates and is a member of the steering committee of the Vancouver Tenants' Union, and Neil Vokey is an independent filmmaker and one of the founding members of the group. Today's guests are very clear that they see the roots of the housing crisis in a number of different places. They see them in the forced dislocation of indigenous peoples from their homelands in what is now called British Columbia and across Turtle Island. They see them in the commodification of land and housing that puts profits before people. And they see them in the histories of gentrification and displacement of poor, working-class, and racialized communities in Vancouver and in cities across the continent. Even though they see the Vancouver Tenants Union's work as being very much in its early stages, and clearly identify that they're still learning a great deal even as they do that work, the union has already accomplished a lot. They've already been part of a couple of major collective fights by tenants at the level of specific buildings. They've already been very involved in working with individual tenants, both through various kinds of tenant education work to help people know what their rights are and how to get their rights enforced, and also through working with individuals facing eviction or other sorts of conflicts with landlords. And in fact, they've established a high enough profile in the community that they regularly receive phone calls and emails from tenants looking for support, and between last May and the end of 2017, they have signed up over 800 members. As well, they have been very carefully guiding the group through a process to figure out those kinds of boring but vital details that are necessary to establish the union as a formal organization. In November, they had a founding AGM at which they passed a constitution and bylaws that had been developed collectively over the course of the previous six months 
and they also hosted workshops by tenant organizers from across North America to build capacity and skills in the group. What exactly the organization will look like on the ground in another year will depend on what the members want moving forward. But Kell and Neil are clear that their vision includes building the group's capacity to engage in more bread-and-butter fights at the level of individual buildings, mobilizing the membership to put pressure on City Hall and on the provincial legislature to enact reforms, and ultimately laying the groundwork for the more audacious kinds of direct action interventions that have been so powerful for tenants in other jurisdictions in recent years, whether that's the major rent strike won by tenants in the Parkdale neighborhood in Toronto in 2017, or the use of direct action to block evictions in various cities in the United States. I speak with Kel and Neil about the harsh realities faced by tenants in Vancouver and about what the Vancouver Tenants Union is doing to try and fight back. My name is Kel Gerlings, and I'm a community organizer with a group called Raise the Rates. We push the government to raise welfare rates in BC and start to think about ending poverty and change the public conversations that people have around welfare, things like that. So I'm a community organizer, like a workshop facilitator. And then with the Vancouver Tenants Union, I'm part of the steering committee and have been part of the steering committee since we launched back in April. My name is Neil Vokey. I'm an independent filmmaker and I have lived in the city of Vancouver on unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh territory for about eight years. I grew up on Vancouver Island in Comox territory, and I happened to go to the first tentative meeting of the Tenants Union, so ended up being one of the founding members. The Vancouver Tenants Union, we came together in March of this year as a group of folks who were renting or part of co-ops and living in this city and activists or journalists or organizers in some regard, knowing that the housing crisis in Vancouver is absolutely out of control and something needs to be done to bridge the gap between low-income organizing and organizing in the downtown east side with the rest of the city so that we can have a large force of renters that can put pressure on the city and the province and who knows, maybe the federal government eventually to get a handle on the housing crisis that's happening here. We launched in the end of April under four demands. We kind of just came together over the course of eight Saturdays. Our demands were real rent control. So that's rent control tied to the unit and not to the tenant. So if you move out, the price doesn't immediately go up. Evictions protections. Our Residential Tenancy Act in BC is incredibly weighted towards the landlord. And a lot of folks don't even know their rights at all in terms of evictions. And we want to push for maybe mandatory hearings, things like that. We're also promoting building more social housing. The numbers that we have are about 10,000 units of social housing a year until the deficit is filled. And that's at truly affordable costs. So like actually affordable and not the city of Vancouver's definition. And then also protection against discrimination in renting against you know racism or homophobia, all such things. And since then, we've been organizing, going out into buildings and neighborhoods and talking to tenants, doing tenant outreach. And we had our official convention and our annual general meeting, our AGM, on November 26th to make us an official entity. So the thing about Vancouver and about BC is that most of it is unceded territory, right? So that means the government essentially stole this land. There was no treaties ever made between the government and the First Nations here. So I think that is probably at the base of it. It's sort of similar across this whole continent. A lot of people haven't respected the treaties that have been made and things like that. So I think that's probably the baseline of how the housing situation got to what it is now in this city. 
the forced displacement that happened and the lack of recognizing that there have been people here for centuries and they're still here, colonization and that displacement has led us to where we are today. A lot of racist policies, and this isn't news necessarily for around the country as well, but a lot of racist policies in the creating of the city have really sort of shaped what it looks like and shaped the flow of displacement. Things like our Chinatown being seen as a bit of a ghetto when it was created and Hogan's Alley, which was a historically black neighborhood and then was torn apart for a viaduct. And all this whole time, there's a lot of racism happening, a lot of shoving people out. What's I think happened in the last 30 or 40 years is the BC government has been operating under a policy of austerity. So it's kind of like cuts to everything. The city of Vancouver especially has just sort of let development happen. The party who's in power now, Vision Vancouver, has a lot of documented history of being kind of like in bed with developers and having a lot of developer money. There have been really weak enforcements on like regulations and a general classist division, I think, in the city of people who are low income and the very rich. There's not many people in the in-between and there's a lot of poor bashing that goes on because of it. Things are exaggerated in Vancouver compared to maybe other cities in Canada, Toronto being another one of them. But like from what I've been learning is the intense commodification of housing is intensifying these struggles and it's happening in especially urban areas around the world. So it's in some ways a a global struggle. Tell me about the process of founding the Vancouver Tenants Union. I'd say the years of neglect from the city and a very strong core of organizing in the downtown east side sort of sparked that because a lot of people were noticing the neglect and then a lot of the organizers were like this needs to be bigger so in march and april the conversations we had were with many different people from unions from all different neighborhoods. We probably had maybe 40 people at the first meeting and we had a conversation around what can a bold political movement look like? Like what could that organizing look like to push forward tenants' demands? What does tenant organizing look like? You know, we called ourselves the Tenants' Union, but before that we were like, are we the Tenant Workers United? Because most workers are tenants. Around 50% of the people who live in Vancouver are tenants. So we're a big force. And if we could get everybody coming together to know their rights, support each other and empower each other, then maybe we can see some serious change there. In the first few months, most importantly, we had really incredible conversations with groups in the states who are doing similar organizing. So we're not just reinventing the wheel that came out of many collaborative conversations, a group called Right to the City and Homes for All. We got in on a really interesting Skype call with them, learned a lot about how they organize, which is essentially you go out, you door knock, you meet your neighbors, you hear what's going on. There's an issue in the building if a lot of people are under threat of rent eviction. So that's tenants who are being evicted so the landlords can renovate their room and jack the prices. There are a lot of loopholes like that in the RTA and the Residential Tenancy Act that allow landlords to do things like that. But it was essentially deciding that we wanted to have a strong set of core values that we can come back to that are also moving us towards a bigger conversation around decommodifying land and decolonizing land and things like that. But it all starts and it is all based in talking to tenants and and organizing with tenants. So many of the ways that people in precarious housing situations are exploited or find themselves in situations where their rights are being infringed upon 
is all based out of this context of isolation and maybe not knowing your neighbors or knowing what's going on around you. And so that's something that gets exploited. So yeah, just getting to know your neighbors, getting to talk to other tenants, seeing the common issues, the common threads. There's so much power even just in that. So forming this kind of like union structure and this power and numbers kind of idea and acting in solidarity, acting as a unified voice. I think that was kind of the overall concept. Yeah. So we decided, I think the best way to get the word out and the best way to start as a group of 20 people or so was to host a launch event. And so when we hosted our launch event, I think we had over 200 people there, which was just a matter of organizing for about four weeks or so. And then after that, we really saw a lot of interest coming in pretty much from May till now, our membership's grown to just about 800 people from on the one hand, we do have a team, we call them our outreach and advocacy team who go out and identify problem buildings. But it was also once we got the word out that tenants were coming together, tenant power was building, a lot of people found us and they said, this is happening in my building. What can I do? We routinely get emails now that are still, you know, this is what's going on. Do you have any advice? What can I do? None of us are paid and we're all sort of volunteer advocates and nobody's an official legal beagle or whatever. Probably one of the biggest groups of people that joined us, and they've been in the media bunches from a building in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood, which has become increasingly more seen as like a trendy neighborhood and now is just a bunch of condos coming in, you know, the story of the entire city. But the Belvedere people, which is the name of their building, were really crucial in helping us win the first few battles and understanding what organizing looks like. And we're really out there to help people find their own neighbors, I guess. I haven't been part of the outreach and advocacy team so much. My role has been more on kind of like the back end and organizing volunteers and talking to people on days like our car free days. I guess Neil can talk a little bit more to that. But yeah, it was a combination of everybody talking to like our friends and our networks and putting the word out there in that way. And then also just getting media attention to put our name out there and have just the flood of support coming in because people are realizing how desperate it is. We're still very much in the early stages of developing what it looks like to organize a building. A lot of the organizing that we have done in buildings so far has been rooted in crisis. So there's a mass eviction going on, or there's several units in a building that are facing evictions or reno evictions. The Belvedere was definitely a special case because so many of the tenants were longtime tenants and knew each other and had a community within the building. So it kind of created this ideal trial of what an organized building can look like. And so many of the residents of the Belvedere are like our most active members and are really showing us what an ideal organized building can look like and then also like working in getting into other buildings. So Car Free Days was There's different car-free events in various parts of the city throughout the summer, but it was a great opportunity for us to just be out in the neighborhood with our banner. Curious people would come by. We were signing up new members, engaging, hearing a lot of stories, a lot of the same stories about threats of eviction. One of the most major challenges in Vancouver right now is something called reno evictions. And it's cases where landlords want to evict tenants so that they can renovate the unit and then rent out the unit for a higher price. And it's displacing a huge amount of people. That's where policies like real rent control would be so helpful. Walk listeners through the process of what happens when a tenant calls up the Vancouver Tenants Union and says, you know, I'm a tenant. I am having such and such a problem with my landlord. What should I do? It is really a case by case basis. 
Some of the like crucial anchor members of the tenants union right now are law students who are acting as legal advocates. So in some cases, it's an individualized case and we try and work with them through the residential tenancy branch to oppose an eviction or oppose some kind of issue that's going on with the landlord. Other cases which have been slower developing, and I would say there's at least two or three ongoing right now where we're experimenting with organizing buildings and what that looks like. It's mass evictions or it's the threat of mass evictions that are being challenged. And again, our law student members who are sort of our legal advocates spearhead that working in conjunction with the whole outreach and advocacy team, basically going into a building, talking to the tenants there, forming a strategy as a group. And that, again, just adds weight and it adds to the likelihood that legal battles can be won because even just sharing knowledge or sharing experience, you know, if if a landlord is exploiting several tenants in similar ways, then if all of those tenants share that story at their case hearing, then the arbitrator would see that there's a pattern of this kind of abusive behavior, for example. I think talk to your neighbors is probably our first answer in case if it is a situation that's wider, they're noticing, you know, slips coming in the doors or things like that. Learning what repairs haven't been done or like bed bugs and landlords not acting on that. And so we have this really incredible resource called, I think the title is the eviction self-defense handbook that's got in it the step-by-step process of how to protect yourself or how to follow procedure when you are given notice. Usually that's the material that goes fastest when we're ever having any kind of tabling event or things like that. So that folks know to document every single interaction they have with their landlord to call. There are a few resources in the city. Like there are a few like actual advocates who are like paid to take your case to the residential tenancy board, the RTB. So we have a few numbers for folks there. A lot of times it's people just not understanding what their rights even are. So like, do I have to pay this rent increase? Do I have to pay this thing? So there's the tenant resource advisory something track TRAC in Vancouver that has a whole bunch of information on what your rights are as a tenant and things like that. So those are probably the most resources that we sort of hand out or refer people to unless somebody is willing to like take on their building and to talk to their neighbors and come together, compile that evidence and then bring it forward. The more people know, one, how little their rights are, but two, what their rights are in general, then the easier it is to help people to fight back. It's been kind of an ongoing developing conversation because we are all just learning and it's the two-way street. Like, Also, what can you do for the TENS Union? If you want to join us, we need active membership. If something's going on in your building, it's not like a social service or it's not a, a superhero kind of story where we swoop in and do all these things for you. Like we need to work together. And if something's happening to you or in your building, like we want to work together. But every case is so unique. It requires time and energy and dedication and also organizing you know, your neighbors. What's the structure of the Vancouver Tenants Union like? We're just only now starting to formalize our structure. And these working groups are really just starting to build momentum in terms of not only generating educational material, but also coming up with strategies and ways of being established and what that looks like long term. We haven't even been around one year yet. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if we have a membership structure where dues are paid annually, who's going to continue to sign on to be a member next year? How will that fluctuate in such a way that maybe reflects organized pockets of buildings rather than just individual tenants scattered throughout the city and some not even in the city of Vancouver, but in other parts of the lower mainland here? The whole power of tenant organizing 
and everything we've heard from different groups is in the power of bringing people together to understand what their rights are. So while we will have our working groups that are going to be working on different projects, and we want our biggest working group to be the outreach and advocacy team so that more people are having these conversations and educating each other and things like that. But we're very flexible in terms of structure currently and how it could look if there were like neighborhood associations or locals, if you will, per neighborhood. And just wanting it to be the people who are on the ground doing the work who get to choose the direction that this goes in. I will say we wrote a really good looking constitution and some really interesting bylaws that help us to stay accountable to ourselves and to our membership. And it's with hope that people who join the Tenants Union will read the constitution and will want to fight for what we're fighting for. I think also because we are fairly unformed and under slash unfunded right now, we aren't beholden to any funders or to, you know, writing reports for grants and things like that, which I'm sure will probably come down the line. But for now, I think that allows us to feel pretty free politically. You know, so far we have 800 members. If even half of those people showed up to City Hall one day to protest something or to, you know, if there's mass evictions happening, like pack the sidewalk outside a building, stand with each other. I think that cross neighborhood and cross class solidarity is really important and really, I think, what we want to go for. Everybody, of course, is welcome to join the Tenants Union as long as you can agree with our values and as long as you agree and understand that fighting for the most marginalized and people at most risk is really important. And talk more about the founding AGM and the Constitution and the bylaws and all of that. A lot of the work around the Constitution and bylaws was done prior to the convention itself. That was where it was ratified. But we, for almost six months prior, were attempting to engage members who are attending meetings to like work with us in developing that structure. It ended up being not a huge working group, but there was a lot of feedback. Our Constitution... We based it loosely off of the Homes for All group in the States, right to the city. They have a pledge that you can sign on to. Very American. But the pledge is really great. It's a really powerfully and punchily written document that lays out their values and says, you, when you're joining, you agree to this. And so we put that sort of writing into the Constitution. So our values and what we want people to stand for. We want people to think about decommodifying land and moving away from the idea of private property ownership and housing as a commodity instead of as a human right. Decolonizing land. So recognizing that when you're on stolen land and when you're on occupied land, all the work that you do needs to be working towards Indigenous sovereignty and Indigenous land rights and title being recognized and honored ending land speculation and like speculative markets and things like that. Our values are also to work in solidarity with other movements and with other cities and tenants in other cities and help them start their own groups if they want to. Recognizing, of course, that all of our movements and all of our cities are very much connected and facing similar struggles. But yeah, like empowering other people, empowering each other as tenants, standing up against discrimination thinking about alternatives to home ownership and private property, essentially. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the decolonization and decommodification of land are definitely exciting components for me as well, because I mean, just think about like how North American society is just founded on private property rights and land ownership, and how that's entirely defined our entire society. So challenging that is, I think, a pretty big deal. Getting back to the convention itself, the annual general meeting where we ratified these constitution and bylaws was one component, but it was also very much a community event. 
we had money where we were able to bring tenant organizers from all across Turtle Island, basically Los Angeles, Toronto, like the Scarborough area, and basically just share knowledge. And we had at least a, a nine or 10 workshops. That's right. Going simultaneously. And we had a community lunch. We were even signing up new members on the day. It was open to all and just a, a place for tenants to share knowledge and, and come together and learn. How do you expect the group will be connecting the bread and butter fights by individual tenants and by specific buildings to the bigger political struggles? I guess I'm a big believer in diversity of tactics. And I also think of what a fellow named Don, who came from the Los Angeles Tenants Union as a guest at the convention, talked about. Their tenants union is very decentralized, so they have neighborhood locals. And because all of those individual locals are, are organizing independently around issues in their neighborhood simultaneously, for them, it gives the impression to the powers that be that their tenants union is everywhere. <laughs> and I think that's something that's very inspiring to me and maybe all of us is that if we're critiquing policy or coming up with policy alternatives, that's great. But we're also organizing tenants and buildings. We're also fighting individual legal battles for individual tenants. Or we're also working in conjunction and solidarity with other movements that are working to decolonize or working to raise welfare and disability rates or raise wages. All of these struggles are interconnected. And I think that's why I see so much potential for the tenants union. I think it is because of the work that you do on the, we'll call it the individual level. So like on a case by case basis or things like that, it's from that work and seeing where the need is and seeing where the difficulty is that allows us to inform our decisions that we'll choose when we show up to city hall or things like that. But it'll inform the politic that we have and the way that we enact that. So one of the things that comes to my mind when I think about tenant struggles as someone who lives in Ontario is the victory by tenants in the Parkdale neighborhood in Toronto this past year with a rent strike. Does the Vancouver Tenants Union have any plans to be building towards more direct action kinds of approaches like rent strikes and blockades and things like that? Totally. As soon as we heard about the Parkdale rent strike, Everyone was like, when can we rent strike in Vancouver? Let's do it now. I think we would love to be involved in direct action as much as possible. It just depends on what members are willing and interested and able to take on. And so that involves us having to build trust and like prove ourselves a little bit. But yeah, direct action is what will like save buildings. There's a lot of groundwork that still needs to be laid in building those communities and building trust and building solidarity. One thing I learned is just about how tenants involved in the Parkdale rent strike had been working together and building community and building trust for years. And, and that largely laid that groundwork for people to say, yes, let's do this together. You know, there's a lot of risk when it's people's homes. So, you know, it's very, very heavy things to consider, but I think we could work towards it for sure. You have been listening to my interview with Kel Gerlings and Neil Vokey of the Vancouver Tenants Union. To learn more about their work, go to vancouvertenantsunion.ca. That's vancouvertenantsunion.ca. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to suggest topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. 
I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week.